welcome back. Now, there's growing concerns over challenges experienced by students in the midst of the middle. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. <laughs> And we're live with Bole Dutoy. This show is us from ISPAP today. You're going to find out what ISPAP is. It's not something dirty, I promise you. In the blue corner, we've got HBK. I'm just a sexy boy. Sean Michael. We're here and we're talking about the serious stuff. Student funding. The student funding crisis. In the right hand corner, the red corner. We've got Booker, five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, Snooky's champion, alcoholic, <laughs> gambling addict. I hope your family's not listening to this podcast. Booker T, what's happening? Fresh out of Cape Town, boy. How's that cop treating you? How's the clap treating you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly, slowly getting back to full health. Uh, my family listens to every podcast, so hopefully this doesn't make the edit, but our editor hates us, so it probably will. Uh, <laughs> but now, good to be here, good to be here, talking about we're talking about an important issue, which is nice. It's nice to do the serious stuff. It's not uh, it's not just Tinder, yeah. people. We, we're talking about serious things these days. The bank pros are not jokers. We, we're not. There we go. Morning. Welcome to the Bank Bros Podcast. Thanks, guys. Lovely, lovely to join you today. And uh, yeah, I would, I wouldn't have minded if we talked about uh, Tinder, uh, but uh, if we're gonna have to talk about student finance, then let's let's get on with it. <laughs> let's go. Ispap, what is Ispap? And and this is the best find that we found in ages. I mean. We can say we found some good stocks, but they're not good stocks anymore. We can't say we found good crypto, but you know, good crypto anymore. But we can't say we found a really good funding. We can't say we found Booker T. And we can't, and I mean, this man is in the relegation zone. He's out there facing job cuts. He's the first line. But listen, this was the best find in terms of resources, financing, support, development that we can say. We were lucky to come across it. Thanks for reaching out, Bonnie. Thanks for, you know, swinging Bank X alone and saying, hey, guys, this is who we are. So for the benefit of the broadcast and the guys listening, you know, maybe give us a short overview as to who ISFAP is. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, Rick, we, uh, we're a not-for-profit organization that uh, was founded back in 2016 in the wake of the Fees Must Fall protests. At the time, the minister appointed a task team to look into student financing and particularly look at, you know, the missing middle. Those guys that are too uh, reach, as we say, to qualify for the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. Well, poverty experts say the turbulence at universities across the country over unaffordable fees is another manifestation of growing inequality. Only 43% of South Africans work. More than 16 million live on state grants. Over 1.3 million students enrolled for tertiary education. The bulk of them say they cannot afford ever-rising fees. 
only 15% of those enrolled make it to graduation. But they're actually too poor, we believe, to, to afford uh, higher education, as you know, uh, which has become very expensive in this country. So we, we formed an organization where we tried to leverage private sector money and public sector money. And then we, uh, we take that money and we give full scholarships and wraparound support to students to go and study in, in, in scarce skills areas such as chartered accountancy, actuarial, engineering, medical doctors, IT and data science. So we really focus on those occupations in high demand and we, uh, we then support those guys literally from first year fully in terms of tuition, accommodation, books, laptop, data, living allowance, food and uh, also a wraparound support ecosystem that we create to, to, to really set them up for success. So that includes psychosocial support, extra tuition, workplace readiness, financial literacy, so that at the end of the day, number one, we get a successful graduate out there uh, in the shortest time possible, in record time, and we put a graduate that's rounded, ready for the job market and can become economically contributing as quickly as possible. So that's in short what we do. Monet, sign me up. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to revisit my youth. He's ready to go and repeat courses. He's, going, he's ready to go out there and rewrite accounting. <coughs> I'm ready to go and repeat courses. <laughs> Listen, we've got high standards, eh? We, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we have, we have. Well, listen, Mole, uh, I wish I could say the same. You're not making the, you're not making the cut here, Yeah, listen, guy. we can't. We, nobody <laughs> on this podcast has any sort of standards. I've seen these men at a bar, I've seen them at a club. It's, it's actually disgusting, except for myself, who's got the highest standards across all these people. I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't be trusted with a living allowance. It just <laughs> wouldn't work out for me. It, it, it would all be gone within the first four days. Does that, does that ever happen one day? Do you have guys who just have a big night out and they just <laughs> blow the living allowance? Uh, I, I think unfortunately it happens all the time. And you know, we were all young. We were all young once. So, um, you know, you, who am I to judge? You know, sometimes I guess guys will uh, will take the, sh the 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 short route and uh, just blow it all on on weekend one off to payday. Some peanut butter sandwiches they don't uh, they don't get declined. Good. <laughs> but listen, Bonnie, this sounds incredible, right? This sounds like uh, literally a, a life saving or life changing opportunity. But uh, you know, the the real question is, you know, is this are we talking about a package that only one or two people get? You know, are we talking about the, the anointed ones, the chosen ones that get this? How many people realistically get this, this kind of opportunity? You know, and, and is this really an attainable thing for, for uh, you know, uh, a, uh, an aspiring university goer with decent marks? You know, what, what are their chances of actually getting in? Uh, Sean, that's a great question. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, we've helped about 2,300 students since 2017. So it's definitely not the elite mm. four, five or ten a year. You know, we take in a couple of hundred students every year on this program. We support them through the course. So we don't take you on first year and then, you know, let you down. Uh, if you if you meet your, your side of the deal, 
we we keep on meeting our side of the deal. So it, it's it's quite quite a number of students we're helping. Up to date, we've had about 563 graduates that's come through the program. Keeping in mind that we only started in 2017, so the first graduates really started coming out of the pipeline from about 2020, 2021. Is it enough? Absolutely not. You know, the need out there is massive. You know, we estimate the need to be around 250,000 students, but we are helping uh, hundreds of students every year, you know, that would otherwise have uh, potentially never been able to get that opportunity. So... The best thing to do for young people out there is to just go and apply, throw your throw your line in the water. Uh, you never know, you know. Sometimes we we get amazing support from our from our partners, our funding partners, and suddenly we need an extra hundred engineers, for example. And then we go back into our pool of applications and say, yes, still guys, that's unfunded. Uh, they might have uh, not, they obviously wouldn't have qualified for, for, for NISFAS because they above mm. the 350,000 family income. And suddenly, you know, we call, we call on people, on young, uh, young, young people that didn't expect to get that call. And so many of those that we have helped in the past say to us, you know, that day when I got that call from ISFAP is, is the day my world changed, you know, because... Suddenly, my parents didn't have to worry. I didn't have to worry. Where am I going to get mm. money for books, tuition, food, going to sleep hungry at night, etc. So no, it's not. Um, it's not in any way uh, just a select few. Uh, we we literally go out there every year, try and raise as much funding as possible, and help as many young young students as possible. I think one of the, the question I have on my side that I find really incredible is not only the support that happens while students are in the program, but there's also some support that happens after they're done. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, a big part of what we believe is that there's absolutely no point in me helping you to get to your, uh, to get your engineering degree from Stalys or from UCT or uh, to get your medical, uh, to get your medicine uh, qualification from Walter Sisulu uh, and then you end up being unemployed. I mean, that would be an absolute travesty um, and, and such a waste of, of valuable resource. So we spend a lot of time getting you ready for the job market, spending time on, on job readiness, skills, etc. And that's one of the things we, we wanted to also partner with Bank X, you know, is to say, how can you guys help us to get those graduates uh, ready and and. and 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 fit for the for, for the job uh, search process, but we 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 help we help them get that first opportunity. Sometimes it's with our funders, funding partners. Sometimes it's just with other companies that come to me and say, "Murnay, we're appointing a lot of young engineers. We can't fund you at the moment, but can we employ some of your graduates?" And I say, "Yes, absolutely." And hopefully, when they employ five or ten or fifteen of our graduates. They start realizing the quality and the, the, the value. And next year, they maybe come back to me and say, okay, Murnay, we're now ready to fund 20, 20 young engineers uh, on your program. But the, the, the placement, the getting them into the job is, is absolutely critical. Or getting them into entrepreneurship. You know, and we work with uh, some of the entrepreneurship support programs. But at the end of the day, we need these guys to become economically active. 
we can't afford for them to, to sit at home and become part of that ugly statistic. But we do know that graduates are far more employable. You know, I mean, if you look at the unemployment rates, you know, the latest stats for quarter one, 34.5%. We've all seen the number. South Africa's unemployment rate improved slightly in the first quarter of this year. Data from Stats South Africa shows the official unemployment rate was 34.5% in the quarter. That's down from 35.3% in the fourth quarter of last year. The statistics agency says 370,000 jobs were gained at the beginning of this year. The number of discouraged workers see work seekers decreased by 54,000, while those not economically active for reasons other than discouragement also decreased. The largest increase in employment was recorded in government services, followed by manufacturing, trade and mining. Graduates, yeah. it's 12.6%. That's a massive difference already. So we already have given them that huge uh, boost in terms of, of, of getting into the job market. But we need to do that additional step and finesse to, to really get them into a job. Molly, the one thing that stands out for me is, I mean, you're a CASA like HBK, yeah? And Casa! You're a Casa, there we go. <laughs> I mean, you, you're a lecturer, yeah. I mean, you left. Yes. Casa! There we go. I mean, you left a role as an associate professor, right? And, and listen, I'm sure an associate professor isn't struggling at the end of the month. I mean, let's, you know, you're in a decent place in academia. You, you know, you're not, you're looking at that extra toppings on a pizza. You know, you're not counting bellies at the end of the month. I mean, Here's the thing, a lot of the guys listening and, and girls listening to a podcast are young professionals. They're CAs, they're in finance, they're looking at their careers and many of them join for the big paycheck. Many of them will get the mm. big paycheck. I mean, Molly, why leave a really good, comfortable life in academia and in accounting and the options to work in a private sector as an accountant or in auditing behind for let's face it this is a really challenging job right solving unemployment and solving the jobs crisis and solving yeah. education i mean why'd you do it rick uh, it's like just imagine the satisfaction this the 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 amazing job uh, uh satisfaction and purpose that you get when you get a letter like I got uh, today from, from one of our graduates that says, listen, Murnay, you know what? If it wasn't for you guys, I would have been stuck at home. I wouldn't have been able to get into varsity, get through my engineering degree. I've just been employed at one of the big four in, in, in an in a, in a entry-level role. I got that role because you shared on our job group for the alumni, you shared uh, this opportunity. I applied and, and I got the position. So here you've taken somebody from probably a fairly hopeless position to today sitting in a job at one of the big four and probably somebody, if I look at it, that's going to be extremely successful. So let's bring it back to your question. So we, we, why do that? I mean, why not? You know, yes, it's tough. I'll tell you what, it's tough. People ask me, Murnay, what, what do you do? I say, well, look, I'm a professional beggar, right? 
Um, it, mm. My team doesn't like it when I say that because they say, no, no, we, we're not beggars. We actually go and offer a value proposition to companies because they get BE scorecard points, they get tax benefits, they get uh, CSI uh, uh, credentials. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to go knock on doors and speak to big companies, speak to uh, people and say, support this cause and there are so many other value uh, va uh, valid causes out there you know you you have what has happened in the last two years with COVID. a lot of corporate money have gone there you have the floods in kzn a lot of uh, emergency money goes there so it is a tough job you're right but mm -hmm. but there is absolutely no better satisfaction than knowing that you can literally change the the, the course of somebody's life I believe, and, and this is, the, this is the, the, the killer for me, somewhere out there, there is the next Seizman Kasana. There is the next Rick. There is the next Elon Musk. There is the next uh, person that's going to find a cure for cancer. And just because we couldn't give, they couldn't go to university due to funding constraints, we might have lost out on that, on that person and that skill and that contribution to the world. I cannot live with that thought. Let's try and help as many as we can so that we get these guys through. We've got wonderful universities still in this country, wonderful qualifications. If you get your engineering degree or your CA or your actuarial or your medical doctor uh, or nursing qualification from one of our universities in this country, look at, look at how employable you are all over the world. And that's why I do it. That's why I get up every day is to say, if there's one we can help that wouldn't have had that opportunity, I've, I've, I've achieved my goal. That's so powerful, Bonnie. And, and we yeah. always say, I mean, there's no shortage of talent. There's just a shortage of opportunity, specifically in South Africa. Guys are hungry. People want this badly. You know, there's a misconception that people are unemployed because they don't want to work hard enough, which couldn't be further from the truth. You know, people that are keeping the lights on and carrying this economy on their backs are up at 4 a.m., taking multiple taxis to work. And guess what? Mr. C-Suite, Mr. White Collar, Mr. 1%, the person that's carrying this economy is working longer hours, working harder, supporting more people, making their budget stretch more, putting in more of a grind and sacrificing more of their health for the economy than you are. Enjoying your big bonus stock options, making a loss in your company, soaking up mm. these gross, perverse paychecks. And, you know, we live in a country with the highest level of inequality, Molly, and, and it makes you think, how do we fix that? And you're right, you bang on, you only fix this for skills, access, opportunity, employment, hard skills, technical abilities, and relationships. I think I think one reason why I thought that this was going to be a really important podcast for us to make is <clears throat> I think people that do have the talent and the ability may not even try in high school just because they know when yeah. it gets to the end, mm -hmm. what's the point? I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to university anyway. That's why it's important for us to release these kind of podcasts or, or just at least, you know, this kind of thought leadership to let people know that 
this is what's out there this is what's available this is what you can do if you don't have the funding available but they you know you do need to do well in school because money I, I imagine that uh the admission requirements to get into this you, you guys aren't just funding anyone you have to fund people that have promise yeah and, and money i think that's a, that's a great point yeah and so i mean just to quickly add on to what bukati is saying i mean you often hear about these incredible life-changing opportunities and and you know as a young person you want to apply and then you look at the admission criteria and then it says you had to, had to have started three npos you had to have saved two children in the last week from flooding you had to have beat the undertaker at wrestlemania and now suddenly you know it's like it 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 feels like you it is an unattainable goal so just to echo what bukachi said you know who who are you looking for and what does a great candidate look like for for isfas yeah look um of course you need to you need to get the best marks you can you know but at the end of the day we were never set up as an elitist bursary uh, for for just uh, the 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 absolute top cream of the crop performers uh this was intended always to be a solution broadly for the missing middle and uh, if you take for example enis fast uh, that solution is broad it's for everyone below the 350000 family income and similarly our solution is supposed to be that but of course you know we live in an economy where where they 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 aren't unlimited funds so once the funds become a bit more limited then selection does happen right our selection is actually more driven by the university selection process of course if you want to apply for an isfap bursary you have got to get into engineering at one of those universities where we fund engineering or you have got to get into medicine at one of those universities where we fund medicine similarly if you want to study chartered accountancy you have to have admission to uj or uct or stellenbosch or pretoria so a lot of the selection is actually already done for us by the university once that is done we then say okay who do we have in our pool that meets that means testing in other words that falls in that 350 to 600000 family income and then yes of course we are going to then select uh, uh based on your average metric marks and and that's going to play a role so please get the best marks you can it's going to help but we certainly not one of those bursaries where you need eight uh uh distinctions that's not the case at all we often have guys that sort of in the mid 60s early 70s that come through that get admission to that program and that then meet the requirements that what our funders are looking for so it's 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 sort of that 65 plus but obviously the higher it is the stronger your chance no doubt it's fine bukachi and Sean Michaels are both Golden Key members, uh, and so you know they can enjoy it. Only the only Golden Key I, I saw was Bahalski, and even that, you know, I, I I lose sometimes. So, but here we are, right? You know, it, it just it shows you really. Yeah. Academic success is one thing, but you know, again, I'm really glad that you didn't make it an 80, 90% plus platform where guys have to just be out there hustling all the time to to hack it. But Molly, I'm going to ask you a tough question here, right? And the tough question is, you've been running for five years now, give or take. What, what's the the rate of guys who have stayed on the program? I mean, what's the dropout rate, very crudely put? 
Awesome question. So, you know, we've, we've, we've really uh, placed a lot of belief in our support structure and we believe that should really set guys up for success. And we've been able to achieve, uh, you know, between sort of a 95% and 85% year-on-year progression. All right. So that there's still a dropout. Every dropout for us is, is, is very sad because it's, you know, it's a, it's a just wasted resources. And I know there's always reasons for it. But essentially, you'll see that, for example, in medicine, we have in excess of a 95% year-on-year th- uh, progression, okay? Very low dropouts because the, because the selection is already so, so uh, strict. But then you look at engineering, it's higher. I'm not going to uh, beat around the bush. Engineering, we're closer to that 80% year-on-year throughput. Guys do struggle to make uh, their, their engineering within the four-year degree. So that's something we're looking at very closely and we need to make adjustments to our program and to how we support those guys. But we find definitely the, 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 the program that, that has the lowest throughput uh, in, in our pro, um, support structure is, is the engineering students. And then your accountants, actuaries and IT and data guys or sort of in between there, in the yeah. middle. Yeah, I mean, to get into medicine, <laughs> you know, you're not going to mess that one up. <laughs> Listen, <yeah. laughs> exactly. Mone, I've got, I've got another tough question for you, you know, uh, uh, and another misconception that, or, or reservation that people have about these kind of programs. You know, sometimes people feel like it's a, you know, it's a life-changing opportunity. This is a great thing that they've been given. And then they, they, they sign up and they go through the process and they graduate and suddenly they realize that they have all these enduring commitments now to the program. They have to name their firstborn son Monet. You know, they have to, uh, they have to, they have, they have a, a lengthy work back period. So in terms of the, 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 the continual commitment post-program, what does that look like for graduates? So our program is an absolute pure grant. There's absolutely zero commitment post. Uh, but I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if they do name the firstborn Mornay. That would be fully... Uh, that, 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 that would be if fully... You do. <laughs> that would be fully acceptable. If you do get an extra stipend. Extra stipend. But we'll throw in more cash for you. You get a second meal voucher. You guys, you guys, you guys know. You guys know now what to put in your applications. Yeah. What, what commitments to put in. <laughs> <laughs> your motivation. Yeah. Mole Mugisha. Hey, done, boy. Yeah. In. You're in. <laughs> We're not gonna ask to see a picture. We don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But you're done. Uh, let Mole finish before. Absolutely. So. So no, there's there's zero commitment. Not not uh, not in terms of uh, payback. Not in terms of work back. There's nothing. It literally is a full bursary with no commitments. But what? But there is mm. a but, and that is that I'm hoping that those guys once they get into fairly well-paying jobs, etc that they might start giving back on a pay-it-forward basis where they say, listen, I was helped and I'm going to give back, but there's no commitment. I'm also hoping that in 15 years' time, that student that became a a chartered accountant because of our support 
is now the CFO or the uh, CEO of a of a listed company, and he or she gives me a call and say, Murnay, I'm now signing the big checks, or I mean, I, we should probably stop saying that, probably start saying approving the big AFTs, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to now give you 10 million uh, to support uh, 50 chartered accountants from our BE budget. You know, so uh, for sure, we, we're hoping to that that loyalty will be there and that pay it forward attitude will be there. It's something we try and inculcate and, and create within our students. We also uh, um, expect of them to do community service mm. every year, uh, a, few, a few hours of community service. So we try and um, build that character into them of giving back and helping and uh, giving a hand of, of support. So, Molly, I think it's incredible that you touched on the concept of community service, which is so <laughs> crucial to building a better South Africa. I'm, I'm laughing because I know where it, this is going. We've got... Because, <laughs> uh, listen, right. I'll, I'll... Booker G, I would, would, would love to share with you how he <laughs> found himself voluntarily doing community service and helping build a better South Africa. Bukachi, why don't you tell us about your community service experience? Well, well you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say voluntarily. I, I just, I, 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 I voluntarily didn't want to go to jail, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, after after a night out of of, of celebrating, I, I may have been seen uh, ripping DA posters off and, and throwing them into the street, shouting "Viva ANC." It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Uh, <laughs> which when was sorry when was this Booker T? Was this uh, during the struggle <laughs> years <laughs> in the eighties? This or? was uh, <laughs> this was in, this was in, oh was this in oh. Post democ this is a d democracy era. Okay, okay. So, you, okay, to, this is 2015. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not, I can't even vote. Wow. I'm not even a citizen. I don't know why I did it. Um, but, but let's just say it, it ended up in me doing it. It, 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 me, it, me, <laughs> it, it ended up in me commit, doing some community service. But I, I won't lie, it does bring you a lot closer to the community. Uh, I had, to, I, had to, I had to do, I had to do, the worst part was that I had to do my stint in, uh, in, uh, <laughs> I had to do my stint in, um, at the same police station where I, I got brought in, uh, which, which was always great when one of the police officers was there that knew what happened and called everyone around and made me retell the story. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, community service is important. Just, just do it on a, on a voluntary basis rather than... You so know. you served the police station? I, yeah, I was washing cars. I was uh, sweeping up the floors. No, no, no man. man, come on. That's got to be community service, man. That, yeah, I, I nah, think you got okay, okay. I think you got okay. They tell us what you. you did. Yo. At what, tell us what you actually did. Tell us what you actually did. And then Monet will tell us what, yo, what, what, what ISFAP does. Compare, yeah, you tell us. Yeah. So the majority of time was, was spent uh, reorganizing the dockets, um, <laughs> placing uh, them in alphabetical order, oh, categorizing them by year. Morning. Uh, tell us, tell us what real community service. My man had an internship at the police station. Yo, you did an internship. <laughs> you did an internship at the police station. Come on. 
Morning. I won't go into the darker stuff. I'll just stay there. Let's keep this PG. Let's keep this PG. No, listen. No, no, no. Whoa, we don't. Molly, tell us what real community services. Yeah, yo, that uh, that story, uh, you know, I, 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 that's really put me uh, put put a new perspective on on Booker T uh, for me. You know, I mean, uh, you know, now I'm a changed man, Molly. I'm a changed man. <laughs> you know. He, he, he was ripping off DA posters and now he's has a cape down. The two things just don't add up for me. You know? don't, don't let them know where I am, Bode. This is why he doesn't give his real name. Bode, you know Booker T's in the nice suburbs, eh? Yeah. You know Booker T's in the nice suburbs. He's in the ones where the potholes get fixed within 48 hours. I'm sure. He's living it up in Camps Bay. He's living it up in Camps Bay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's living the soft life, it seems to me, then 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 the DA Cape Cape Town. But uh, yeah, no, look how guys go out and they, you know, they work at the local mm. clinic uh, or they um, go and support uh, old people at the local old age home. Uh, it's, you know, it's just for us, it's that signal of understanding that even if you don't have that much, you actually still can give back, uh, you know, and, and support. So uh, that's that's often they have to put a little proposal together and then they have to go and execute that during the university holiday um, and, and give us feedback on that. And that's part of them staying on the program and being part of the program. Molly, the one thing that is lacking in South Africa, and, and I you know, fully admire the work that you do, bringing guys in, helping them, get through their degrees and then helping them post um, graduation in getting jobs, you know, post-qualifying. But what's your involvement and level of active participation in internship programs and winter school and summer school and, you know, the likes of getting that on-the-job experience? And you know, is that something you guys think about? Yeah, it's 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 not. Uh, I mean, we we we're not incredibly successful at it yet. I think um, you know it does depend from funder to funder. There are some of our funders that like to pull in their students uh, during the the um, university holidays for some, you know, the old vac work as we used to do back in the days, and um, that that does happen, but it's a bit ad hoc. Uh, not all of the funders have that opportunity for the guys. Internships, we actually run internships even within ISFAP. So we take in uh, uh, some of our own graduates and other graduates sometimes to uh, come in and do a year with us. So they might be part of our fundraising team. They might be part of our bursary management team. They might be part of our IT or dev team. Uh, so we do run our own uh, uh, internships. Uh, but from for our students uh, per se, it, it does depend quite a bit on the program. Of course, you all know the, the medical doctors and, and the occupational therapists, the pharmacists, the um, uh, nurses, they all do their, their practical in any case. It's part and parcel of the degree. Uh, for the CAs, the actuaries, like I say, it's a bit more ad hoc. Uh, sometimes the insurance company that's funding them might uh, pull them in for some uh, work opportunity but we do want to build that um, that program a bit uh, make that program a bit stronger and a bit more structured this is a great platform absolutely great opportunity for everyone 
I can imagine you get tons of applications. I'm going to ask you the million rare question. And it's okay if you don't want to answer it in your confidential stats. But how many people apply and how many people actually get in? So what's the conversion rate on ISPA? So gro- gross, we would get about 15,000 applications, mm. all right? But that's not really uh, the, the, the right number to look at because... Um, we we then obviously do the means testing. We match. Uh, we make sure that they've been accepted at the various universities where we fund, etc. So we usually narrow that pool down to about four thousand. So the fifteen thousand funnels down to about four thousand, and out of that four thousand, we are going to try and fund anywhere between uh, three hundred and five hundred upwards. And that all depends on how much funding we can raise for the year. So you're looking at about a 10% of those that qualify end up actually getting funding. Uh, Of course, you can take it as a percentage of the 15,000, but that's a bit misleading because there's a lot of uh, noise in that that number. But uh, that's, that's the rough numbers. And that just emphasizes the point, right? You do need to do well in your, in your secondary education. Get, get your acceptances in place. And then you do have a much better chance, or I mean, any chance really, of getting these funding programs. I mean, if your family is in that range, let's say the 350 to 600, and you are studying one of these qualifications that we fund, you already have a 10% chance of, of getting it which is not bad at all. A one in 10 chance that you, you, you might get uh, that funding. I think it's, it's worth, uh, worth putting in the effort, getting, like you say, getting those marks up as high as possible, which is obviously going to serve you well in that process. Molly, how, how do you, as a student applying for the program, improve your odds to get from 10% to 80% or 70%. And, and you know, what are the actual practical things an applicant can do to make their application stand out? I mean, it sounds, it sounds like a stupid point, but we all know people don't read and people don't actually follow steps properly, right? So just, do the, just start off by doing the basics right. You know, go and visit the website, make sure that the degree that you want to study at the university where you want to study falls within our uh, uh, support uh, supported qualifications and supported institutions apply at those institutions get your application in early meet that deadline then you obviously at the same time complete all the steps on our apply uh, online website and you make sure that all your documents are in order load up the correct documents good quality documents Make sure that your marks do stand out. Of course, uh, you know, uh, we, we do like to see uh, um, strong mathematics, strong uh, English, strong science if you're going to go into the STEM fields. Get, follow the steps properly. There's one step where you have to get a, a, a declaration of, of your family's uh, income, etc., uh, certified. Go to the police station, go to your local attorney, go to your local chartered accountant, get it stamped, scan it in, upload it. Then you are already putting yourself into, into, into a great position. Apply at maybe two or three of those universities where we fund, let's say, chartered accountants. Instead of just applying at UCT, 
maybe you want to apply at UCT, Stellenbosch, and Pretoria, and UJ, uh, why not? You know, increase your chances of getting accepted into the program because that is kind of tick number one for us. You've been accepted into one of our programs that we fund, and now you've already moved up the ladder. So uh, that that's really it, you know. Um, be honest on your application. You know, we, we check uh, income through the banking system because Banking Association is one of our founding members. So don't, don't tell us your parents only earn, you know, X if the number is Y, you know. You're going to be disqualified immediately. So uh, it's, it's really basics, you know. Get the good marks like Booker um, T has said, you know, uh, uh, then you're setting yourself up for success. And I tell you what, we've surprised a lot of people that thought, I'm not going to make that that uh, selection. And then they get the call, you know, and we say, hey, you know, we've got money to fund engineering. We see you want to study mechanical engineering at, um, at uh, Central University of Technology in Bloemfontein. That's one of our supported programs. Um, and universities, and we've got money for you, and you're fully funded for your for your for your whole degree. So um, get get to the applyonline.isfab.org.za site. Very very clear steps there of what to do. Get your application in, and you're setting yourself up to to get that call. Monet, I've got a tough question for you. We here on the Bank Bros podcast, we, we, we want the inside track. We want the, you know, we want the, the tips and tricks of the trade. And so, you know, if you're unable to answer this, this is okay. But uh, I'm going to ask the question anyway. Are there some professions or some courses of study that have more funding within the ISFAS pool than others? So what I'm asking is if you were... Are there certain things that if you're studying those, there's probably a better chance of you getting funding than others? Sean, absolutely, you know, and I'm very happy to share it. It's, it's, it's not a, it's, 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 you know, we, we get very good support for engineering, mm. you know. So if you're going to study engineering, ISFAP is probably a very good place to apply, you know, because we get good money uh, and good support for engineering. We also get good support for actuaries and uh, chartered accountants. Medicine has been tough, you know, and that's 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 a very uh, a very sore point for me because you know we're in the middle of a pandemic. The last two years, we literally the most applications we get. You won't believe this. The most applications we get is for medicine because there's a lot of excellent young people that want to study medicine and they just fall outside. That in his first bracket. So the mother is maybe a nurse or the father is a policeman. They can't qualify for in his first. They apply for ISFAP. The reality is we haven't been able the last two years to fund a lot of medical doctors, sadly. Now government is setting the country's healthcare sector up for failure by not hiring and training enough doctors and nurses. That's according to the South African Medical Association. Now the doctor to patient ratio is one doctor per 3,198 people. 
There doesn't seem to be any hope of resolving the country's health care problems with so many facilities understaffed and workers, health care workers, overworked. Unless government sorts this issue out, health care in the country will continue to deteriorate. And that's just purely because we didn't get uh, as much funding for, for those qualifications. So, yes, definitely if you happen to be in the, uh, wanting to go into engineering, actuarial, uh, um, chartered accounting, also but we do get a bit of money for the, for the IT uh, and, and data science, uh, like I say, but the, the medicine has been very tough. And, and I'm not saying don't apply because we never know what happens. Uh, you know, we, we might just uh, get, get a big funder come on board and say, listen, we want to fund 100 medical doctors. But the last two years, we've really struggled uh, in that area. Monet, that's a tough one, hey? Because I, I think it's, uh, you know, you spoke so passionately about why you do, you, you do what you do and why it's so important. And I think it's, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, I can imagine that it's a, it's a difficult balance, right? Because you want to you wanna give these talented young people a chance. In many cases, kids who are going to go on and contribute so much to our society and do so much good. But the, the practical limitation is always, you know, the source of funds. And, um, and yeah, so I think, you know, that's a, it's a very powerful and sobering thought around, you know, uh, ultimately we are, we can only do good. We can only do as much good as, as is possible. Right. And as, and, and as to the extent that, that the, the funding and the support is there. Yeah, we are just a conduit, you know, and, and that's often, uh, you know, I have to be very uh, transparent about that. You know, often people call me and say, Murnay, I've got this student, they got nine distinctions, they brilliant, you know, help them. But the reality is we are just a conduit between the private sector and, and public sector uh, for money coming in, and then that's the money we can give out as bursaries. So ISFAP in itself, I always say to people, ISFAP in itself doesn't have any money. You know, we get money and we disperse that money. So if we don't get funding for a particular uh, program, we can't help students in that area. And it's very sad. It's very frustrating because you see that talent, you see that amazing uh, um, marks and, and um, personalities and motivation letters coming in but you can only help if you if you get if you get the money coming in there's a you have this huge this huge shortfall i think it's you know, they said 51 percent of people aged between 18 and 24 can't finish their studies or can't even enter their studies because they don't have the funding for it and what i see from you guys is that you're doing a lot to help with that but in your mind monet what do you think are the sustainable solutions to, to fix this problem going forward? Well, now, now you're getting to the real sort of the, 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 the real where, where the sort of the rubber hits the road or, you know, the, the real challenge is uh, we, we are very far from a sustainable solution. We are currently in talks um, and actually today I got the final contracts uh, through with one of the big banks to partner on a loan scheme. Now, you know, people, people always look at us and say, you know, this is an amazing program. And it is. It's the, you know, it's the absolute sort of Rolls Royce of bursary programs. And, and of course, we'd love to fund 10,000 students a year on this model. But it's very expensive. 
and and the funding simply isn't there and and that's where the sustainability challenge comes in so what we are looking at now is to partner with the with with companies and 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 financial institutions where instead of just giving pure bursary we'll never move away from the pure bursary model because there's always going to be funders that believe in that model that want to support that model but we're creating another stream where we'll be able to to help hundreds if not thousands of more students where we're going to take some of that uh, donation money and instead of taking it getting it in and putting it straight out as 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 donations and bursaries we're actually going to put it on a on on uh, on an investment as a collateral and we can then leverage that money 3 4 5 times to give loans to those students that wouldn't be able to qualify for loans because they wouldn't have been able to uh, qualify for those loans. So that's that's a big shift for us. Um, of course, yes, it does mean those students will have some debt at the end of the day, but we do believe that the, the type of professions that we fund, those guys will be in a position one day to service uh, a student loan. Um, so that's one one model we're looking at. You know, the other type of things we need to look at is 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 things like social impact bonds and and other innovative ways that we can scale the support. Because at the moment, you know, the pure donor sort of bursary model, it's a brilliant model. It's it helps people tremendously, but the scalability of it has has limitations. Molly, I think you know we can think of a very, a couple of really clever ideas and we'll run it past you. You know, as it relates to structuring something really cool, as it relates to, you know, student debt and, you know, social impact bonds and that, you know, that, that type of stuff. I think it's a good challenge for us. It's something we'd love to work on with you. And, you know, as part of our ecosystem, we have SME funding is a big part of, is one big part of our ecosystem. And we super keen to see how we can plug in the student funding gap and solve their problems. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up on the, on the broadcast because right now I can think of so many different ways that we can approach it and so many different solutions we can look at. So, yeah, excited for that. Booker T, HBK, any final thoughts from you? No, I just want to say a big thanks. Uh, it's, it's, it's good for us to get a sense of what's happening out there on the landscape and, and also to see what's available for students. Um, and on our side, just so people know, we're going to be pushing ISFAP um, through our platform, letting people know what they need to do to, to get involved. Uh, but just great talking to you and, and hoping we can have some more of these conversations in the future. HBK. Yeah, I think just from my side, you know, Monet, this was a fantastic conversation. You know, my, my neighbor's cat crawled in through the window at the start of the conversation and listened in. And now it's a lion. You know, that's how, insp- that's how inspiring this has been. And so, and how powerful this conversation has been. So, you know, you, you're doing great work. And uh, <laughs> the, the bank pros love that. But, but yeah, look, you're doing great work. And I think this is such a, a powerful message. And so I, I encourage anybody, anybody listening, you know, think about how you can get involved as a young professional, as a, you know, um, as somebody who knows, who almost certainly knows somebody who is in university looking for funding, or as somebody who's part of an organization that has the means to contribute. You know, these uh, ISFAS are doing incredible work. We love what they're doing. And so, you know, we'd love as much as possible to leverage 
our community to help do more and do better. And uh, Monet, if, if anyone in the program is, is looking for uh, any kind of employment, we may have a space open on the podcast just after that lion joke. So. You just let us know. <laughs> Listen, we always said the, the podcast will be unfiltered and raw. Hey, we have to pause for a second just for that one. Yay. Look at she caught the tail of that. Well, listen, Bolly. Hey, I think we went too far. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make a bad lighting joke, but our, our podcast will sit at the bottom of the of the charts in any event. But Bode, listen, thanks for... No, guys, we, we, we're, we're climbing up the charts, but we want to move faster. Yeah, we want to move faster. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Bode has worked with you guys. Bode. <laughs> Bode. Bode. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be saying it, it wasn't an informative podcast, but I'd be lying. But listen, Bode. Thanks so much for getting on today. How do guys apply? We Give us the 411. We're going to be pushing ISFAP as hard as we can through our channels. We're so just proud to be a partner to you and to support the work you're doing. And we just want to amplify all of the good work and the good vibes that you send across. Any closing words from you? No, thanks, gosh, for having me. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been a very very uh, nice uh, time with you uh, with you this afternoon. And um, yeah, look, uh, visit our website isfap.org.za. All the information is there. Uh, thanks for the support. You guys are awesome. I mean, uh, I I love following your stuff, and and uh, you you do you're doing amazing work in terms of just educating uh, people out there and and helping them understand finance um keep it up but uh yeah like uh, sean said if if there's people out there that want to help us in terms of funding or if you can just spread the word to young uh, matriculants and other students to apply that's uh, that's going to be very uh, very very helpful for us thank thanks for having us until next week back bros signing out <laughs>